What's going on here? Former Patriot, Super Bowl 51 champ, Juno Grissom here. Uh, and you're listening to Boston's Big Three presented by Ride the Wave Media. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Boston's Big Three. Episode 59. 5-9. Uh, episode 59 Boston's Big Three presented by Ride the Wave Media. Today, we are sponsored by Pete's Pop. Pete's Pop, located on 151 Benefit Street in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Pete's Pop has the world's most exotic chips, candy, and soda under one roof. Check out their Instagram, Pete's Pop. That's P-E-T-E-Z-P-O-P for the wide selection. Or you can place an online order at Pete'sPop.com. Also, on today's show, we are giving away not one, but two $50 gift cards to Mass Vintage. You can check out MassVintage.com for more information but we're going to give that away we're going to do it about halfway to three-fourths away i'll be picking two winners from instagram people out there that are listening if you enter into these giveaways they're very very simple all we ask you to do is subscribe to boston's big three and just comment to show that you subscribe to it if you do that it's simple to enter because only a few people entered on this and you're gonna have a better chance of winning a 50 dollars gift card today's episode we wanted to step back a little bit and I know that we've been kind of crushing it with like having different <laughs> athletes coming on and this and that. But I think today's is is about it's just a little story time, and we wanted to get somebody on this podcast that can paint us a picture because he literally is the CEO over the TD Garden. I mean, this individual um, has built such a legacy and 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 became a legend uh, that you had to know him. To understand what was going on but now the, the cat's kind of out of the bag it's been out there he went viral for this uh you know game seven stanley cup getting on the ice and you get to see some of the uh there's some of the cool stuff and the magician today is going to reveal his secrets to everybody out there and this is what we wanted to do we have on our podcast today none other ceo of the td garden timothy king timmy oh, what's going on uh, thank you for having me thank you very much i appreciate it yeah, uh, we're going to just jump right into it. We're yep. almost at the one-year anniversary mark of Game 7, Stanley Cup, St. Louis Blues, Boston Bruins. Uh, so last year, for those who are living under a rock that have no idea about this, last year, Boston Bruins made it to Stanley Cup. It's Game 7. Timmy King has the bright idea of, you know what? Tickets are very expensive. I'm going to get myself in that garden for free. I'm going to get myself on the ice no matter who wins that game, and I'm going to hoist the Stanley Cup over my head. And he exactly did that. He exactly – now, we've heard stories in the past of other people crashing Super Bowls or crashing World Series and, and sneaking in this. But I have never really seen anybody actually go on the field or go on the ice in this case and actually hold up the trophy in a game seven game seven those words game seven in sports one of the best words you'll ever hear the fact that you have the balls to do that the fact that it paid off and the fact also you're wearing a ride the wave media shirt i like that yeah, as well too <laughs> so timmy king what we want you to do here in the next maybe 10 15 20 minutes Talk to us. Explain to us how you did this. Talk from the day you woke up when you got out of bed I'm, or even a couple days before that of how you had this set up, how you had to accomplish it, how you got into the garden, how you 
how you handled yourself during the game and how you got down to the ice and how you ended up holding up that uh, that trophy. Go right ahead. Tell us. All right, perfect. Um, so basically, I'm going to start a few days prior to when it happened and then go heavy into the day that everything happened. Um, so game one of the of the series was in Boston, and they had some sort of watch party. Um, and I went there. You know, didn't, I didn't think much of it. Um, nothing crazy. Bruins won that game. It was great. But there were media people walking all around before the watch party, which was before the game, and they had these media passes, and some were different. Some were red, some were blue. I think there was a yellow one as well. Um, and there were different types of media passes. And I, I looked, you know, didn't think much of it, but in my head, I immediately thought, I can, I can definitely make that. I can, I can create that. It wouldn't be too hard, and I think I could make it legit enough that I could use it for whatever it's used for. Um, so at no point did I know what the having a pass would entail but i knew it would get me something there was something to do um so the next home game in boston which would have been game two um i went in front of the garden um and kind of scoped it out uh and was just looking at because there was always events um during the series because you know huge you know stanley cups in boston like obviously a huge deal and they had like um media casts outside like sports casts uh, the concerts they had, i think they had a concert outside and all the media people before the game before the game started before they let anyone in the building were all buzzing around like interviewing people taking videos panning everything and i got close enough to one of them and i just snapped a picture of the pass um and then i went home and got to work uh so now fast forward to the day of the game I kind of had a plan. I had a few friends involved. I told some people that I was going to try to, you know, pull something. And we had no, I had no idea what I was going to do, but I just knew I wanted to do something. Um, so I went to Staples that day. Uh, I had my pass like made on the internet. I, I made it on Photoshop, but I didn't have a hard copy yet. And I made a hard copy. And this is about like 10 a.m. Uh, came out pretty good. Good enough for me. And I made the red one because the red pass was what I saw the most of. Um, they're all media passes, just different colors, so they entail different things. Then I was going to leave my house around 4, uh, get into Boston by 5, you know, and just see what I could do from there. My um, One of my close friends, Connor, texted me at, like, I don't even know, like 3.30, 4 o'clock, and he said, there's more people with blue passes today. And he sent me a picture. The light blue pass, the light blue pass, it passes. So went on Photoshop. Changed the red to blue really quickly, flew to Staples, got it printed out, got it laminated, flew back home, cut them out, and I was like, you know, I'm going to bring both, see what happens. Um, so I went into Boston with a bunch of friends, you know, and had both passes, and from there is um, where it really started happening. Um, so I knew I had to get into the building to use the pass, and I knew if I went through where the media was going through, there had to be some sort of list or some sort of check-in. And I was also wearing shorts and a t-shirt. The Ride the Wave Media t-shirt. And just shorts. Like, all the media people had suits white, on. So. White socks up there. <laughs> game, like, seven. You know. game seven of the Stanley Cup. This kid rolls up in shorts and a t-shirt and gets in. <laughs> I wasn't really thinking right there. Um, definitely would have been a better suit. Um, so, before the they let people in, there's all these events outside. And they had all the sports broadcasters and all the filmers. Um, and... A lot of the filmers had NHL media on them, so I knew they were going into the game after, obviously. So um, out of a pure pure mindset, pure just, I should do this, I uh, spoke to one of the guys, and I, I slipped him some cash, and I said, hey, any chance you can get me in? And um, 
he snuck me in with all his um i'll say utilities and supplies and all his stuff that he's bringing in got in opened it up let me out and i was i was in the building and that's when i um i kind of hit i I don't want to say i hid but i went all the way up to the balcony um section i didn't even sit down um i to be honest i didn't watch any of that game um which, first like, of all, it's like you're a Trojan horse. Like yeah, you're getting yeah. put in a little box. I didn't box. know that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get you get like a little Trojan horse that you're going right in. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. And then in terms of watching the game, screw it. Like you you have like you have the media passes. You're yeah. just in there, and you're just like not even thinking about the game. You're thinking about what can I accomplish off of this. Yeah, I I didn't want to go and sit down and watch the game because I knew I would get caught. I knew so, the it had to be sold out. Stanley Cup Game Seven, it's sold out. So that's out of the picture for me. Um, and I also knew I wanted to use my pass and I didn't know what I would get Think, um, thinking that day I was thinking, Oh, I get in and I'll, I'll try to get to the, where they interview the players after the game. That'll be cool. Um, so I walked around basically the whole entire game. I was walking around the balcony section and then I went, I'd go down to Loge. And then at one point, um, my buddy who actually had tickets had a, um, wristband for the club section and he, he tossed me it cause he knew what I was doing. So I'm just walking around with a, a camera that I don't know how to use. I don't know how to use cameras. Um, uh, my friend just gave me his. I'm walking around uh, the club section, just going section to section to section, walking around. So I don't, I try not to seem suspicious. Like I'm trying to basically hide but blend in at the same time. And um, the game finally ended. Uh, the, the the Blues won. And that's when I went down to the media area. Um, I waited for the game to end because I figured there'd be a huge rush of people. And I'd kind of blend in more. And I got I got right in. There was no questions asked um, in, the, in the media section. Uh, how much media was was there, like, in there was, waiting? A lot. Um, so under under the garden, under the stands, it's usually pretty pretty like plain, pretty empty. And they had all these pop up like computer stations and media stations, all these live streams. There was a, it was a legit setup, and there was a lot of like media people going where I eventually went. Um, and then so I'm just walking around, you know, checking things out, taking videos with my phone, trying. And I had AirPods in the whole time. And whenever anyone would even give me a look, I'd pretend to be on a phone call. Um, and I think that was one of the, the best ideas I had that day. So I saw a sign. Uh, I forget exactly what it said, but it said on ice media line up here, basically. And I have, I have a video of that. And so I just hopped in the line. Um, I really didn't expect much. And I had my red at this, t- at this point, I had the red media pass on and I'm standing in line and I see everyone has the blue one and I had the blue one on underneath my shirt. So I just did a quick swap, had the blue one on, um, we, we had to wait about 30 minutes um, just standing there, and that's when I really just didn't know what was happening. And I also had to catch the train home, and all my friends were waiting for me outside. And I drove, like, five kids to the train station. So I'm like, do I go? Like, is this just pushing it too much? What am I even waiting in line for? Like, am I just going to get caught when I get to the front of the line? So I just – I was about to leave. I actually got out of line, and then the line started moving. It was kind of – it was a miracle um, for me that that happened. And I hop back in line. I talk, like, asked the guy that I was in front of. I was like, hey, can I hop back? And I just, uh, you, you saw me just step out. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the line starts moving. And I see there's a person at the front of the line checking passes, just looking at them, and sending people different directions. Some people are going left. Some people are going right. Some people are going on the ice. I'm like, all right, I'm, I guess I'm going to get sent somewhere if he looks at my pass and says, oh, this kid's legit and sends me somewhere. And I don't know where my, what my pass is supposed to be, so I don't know where I'm going. And I get to the front, and he points me onto the ice. And that's when the adrenaline for me started really kicking in. And I really didn't know where I was going to go. And I just had to just go roll with the punches and see what happened. 
So I'm shaking at this point. I, I take my phone out. I'm taking a video of myself walking down this red carpet to get onto the ice. Um, and you can see in the video, I was just, you know, the hand shaking and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't control that. And I get on the ice. Um, and at that point, it's the coolest thing ever. I know, like, I immediately actually FaceTimed my dad when I got on the ice um, because he knew that I was going into Boston that day, try to get in the game. And um, he, he loves this kind of stuff. So I, I FaceTimed him. He sadly was asleep. Um, I took a few pictures, sent them to, like, family members. And then I just started getting, like, close to the players. I was like, okay, like, and I, I, I blew up my Snapchat story as well. I was posting everything. Um, but I was like, oh, cool, like, I can get close to the players. I um, interviewed one of the players, don't even know his name. I didn't interview him. I just asked him, like, two questions just so I could try to get a picture with, with him without him asking. Um, and then after, like, I took a few videos of the players, you know, I'm like, this is really cool. My, my thought was, okay, so when they all go in the locker room, I'm going to go in the locker room. But until then, I got to just look legit, blend in, and have some fun as well. So at this point, I'm just following the Stanley Cup. Wherever that's getting passed, that's where I'm going because you want to be near the trophy. It's the most iconic trophy in sports history, arguably, but – I really think a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm following the cup. No big deal. Uh, and then I notice less and less people are following the cup. And they're all just with their family now. And they're talking with each other. Less and less people have it. It's just getting passed around. It's, it, this had to be the second rotation, maybe even third, that the cup's going around. And then um, I'm blanking on his name, but the backup goalie um, has the cup. And there's like four people and there's there's like camera people like obviously recording it and everything but there is very very minimal people around him and there's no players that look like they're waiting for the cup next and i had a mind blank here i had there was there was absolutely nothing going through my head and i still to this day cannot explain why or how i thought of this and did this but with just pure adrenaline and just no thinking i went up to him and i uh i pointed to a group of players um didn't even say a specific name. I said, hey, I'm his brother. And I pointed at like a group of like four or five players. <laughs> and then I just, I didn't even like ask for the cup. I just held my hands out. And without hesitation, he, um, he gave me the cup. And um, somebody else had a, ha, that I was with that I knew had um, their phone. And I just, you know, I held the cup up. Like, what, what else am I going to do? I have to hold, hold it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember this, but I think I, I did the typical, like, kiss the cup and hold it up. I, I don't have a picture of that. I don't even have a video of me lifting it, but obviously I have a picture. And, like, it's a, a three pictures. And first picture, you can see the backup goalie in the background, like, with a weird look on his face. Um, <laughs> and that was the original picture I posted. But then the quality on that one wasn't as amazing, so... Um, the better picture is going around, but I do have that picture and it's just, he's got a weird look, but obviously nothing ended up happening. And then when I went to hand the cup off to, um, person I was with, I don't know if they want their name mentioned. So I'm going to try to hide hey, as many. Who, who was, who's with you? GRD. 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 Okay. The man, the myth, the legend. And that's another, real quick, that's another thing that, and I respect it because that's another thing that no one really knows about is GRD was there and was on the yeah. ice and yeah, was with you. Yeah, and yeah. I, done it without him. He, yeah. um, he really, like, because my confidence with that, I look, I'm young. Um, I may, I look old, but I, I'm, I, in my mind, I'm still young to these people that are yeah. around me. So he, like, he kind of helped me, like, you know, I was, I was basically following him. Like, we're, I'm figuring things out, but at the same time, like, he's kind of leading a little bit. 
and that that really boosted my confidence. Yeah, I had no idea he was involved in that like till right now. Yeah, like this whole yeah. time. So wait, I'm not sure how much we can go into it, but what did he do? Did he just like kind of scout you out or whatever? Just like I made him a pass. Oh, so he just got him on. Yeah, right. GRD. Like Timmy King right here is like he's at like the face. Like he's like let's yeah, look. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna get the he glory the... for everything. And yeah. GRD was more in the background. And I know from experience and with GRD and knowing who he is, it was something where he's like it was a good humble brag for him just to be there and like experience it. But he didn't want to really blow it up. And um, I'll get into that in a second. Like you finish your story. But I, as I said, I I couldn't have done any of that without him. I don't think. Um, any small change in what happened with literally anything, if he wasn't there, if something else happened. Everything would have been completely different. So but, you two uh, were just running around the garden trying to hide that. <laughs> did, no, did anybody notice you guys actually? Because like he's such a noticeable like garden person. He's oh. always doing like the fan stuff. That's actually I think wicked no. shocking. The fact that you guys are so notably at the garden all the time and nobody just he, stopped you or anything. He had a black Bruins jacket on too, and that didn't raise any flags. Yeah, we were the most underdressed people on the ice, uh, <laughs> hiding but, in plain sight. Yeah, so I went to pass the cup to him. And I don't know where Vladimir Tarasenko comes over, who, like, name, name player, like, big player. And um, he just asked me for it. And so, and GRD gave me the, the nod, like, yeah, like, you, it's, it's his. And so <laughs> we passed it off to him, passed it off to him. And um, even at that time, I didn't really think it was crazy. I was just, I stepped, I, I kept, like, thinking, like, oh, I got to keep going, got to keep going. And then there was this, like, five minutes passed and no one went in the locker room no one did anything and i'm just standing there like i gotta get out of here um <laughs> i wanted to go in the locker room but i couldn't handle anything else um i'll say couldn't handle i just had to get out of the garden had to get on the train and just completely figure out what just happened um so grd did stay i don't know where exactly where he went from there i think he said someone recognized him when he was going to the locker room and that's when he was just he he went out of there, but um, I had to get out, so I left. Um, I had a, two friends waiting for me. They didn't believe me, even when I showed them the picture. They didn't believe me. Um, my brother was everyone was calling me after it after it finally got on my Snapchat story because it at the garden it just takes forever to post. Yeah, it takes forever. But once once it made it on, my phone just started exploding because <laughs> everyone was paying attention to my story at that point because I'm posting. Oh, I'm in the garden. Oh, I'm about, to, I'm about to get on the ice. And then that obviously is a real like. They think you're they think you're the Photoshop king. So like you just Photoshop that trophy yeah. on you. There's absolutely yeah. no way to do it. That, that's uh, another it, thing that I really like. That kind of killed me because like I, I do Photoshop, but um that picture, this multiple angles, multiple everything. That, that 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 photo is just so iconic. Like of you standing yeah. there because even someone like me, I go to work and I show people like. Like this guy Timmy King, like I, I talk about you like quite a yeah. bit, and I'm just yeah. like I put you onto so many people from like what's yeah. that? Because <laughs> I'm just like this kid did like I'll be at the Celtics game. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And I'll be like I got to go meet this person, this person. Like how'd you get that? I'm like Timmy King, like yeah. or like um you know the Stanley Cup thing. And I remember showing people the next day, and they're like, how the hell did he do? It? I'm like I'm telling you, he just made a pass and he got down there and did his thing. Uh, in terms of the GRD thing, like another thing that goes on top of it, um. I know that GRD posted a little bit about it, like being on the ice. Yeah. And uh, some things, uh, fans are weird. Like, they're like, because yeah. the Blues won, it's like, oh, who gives a shit? Like, you shouldn't Why? be on the ice. Like, you're a Bruins fan. Like, um, blah, blah, blah. People will just make, like, make fun of you for it. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of your case, you're not a Bruins fan. 
and I was, you're not and you're not a Blues fan. You're a yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning fan. So it didn't even matter. And why are you a Tampa Bay Lightning fan? So so let me say something really quick before I get into that. That was very very good for me because obviously live in live in uh, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. So obviously like I'm not gonna root against the Bruins if they're playing a team that's not the Lightning. So always gonna root for the home like always gonna root for Boston as long as they're not playing Tampa. Um, and it just so happened like Bruins. Blues were in the finals, so obviously I, I would have liked to see the Bruins win, and I am a I am a diehard hockey fan in general, um, but it wasn't the end of the world for me because I'm a Lightning fan. So I was able to like all my friends and um, one girl specific who went to the game with me or not went or went into Boston with me, and she's um, a diehard Bruins fan. And I, I actually I picked up a, a St. Louis Blues championship 2020 flag off the ice, and I think a, a broken yeah a broken stick too. I was like, oh, like you waited for me. I have a surprise for you. And I gave her the flag and she was very, very angry. And then that's when I realized like, oh, like people from Boston are still going to be like, hey, you're, you know, we don't really care about you doing that. The Bruins just lost. Yeah. Uh, like some people just kind of talking shit like, oh, like why would you host the trophy or from Massachusetts like that? It's like, dude, if you were giving like I said this, like it's say it's Celtics Lakers and LeBron comes in here and like freaking sweeps the Celtics. But yeah. you had the chance to go on the court with LeBron yep. James and like Rondo and, and and all those guys from an AD, and mm-hmm. you had the chance to host the trophy. You're hosting that trophy. Yeah. That's, I'm, that's I'm a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I'm the biggest anti-LeBron person you'll ever meet. And I'm saying yeah. right now, 100 percent be on the be on the court. I think you're an idiot if you go out there and be like, I would never do that. Yeah. I would never yeah. go on the Super Bowl field and the Patriots lose and, and hoist yeah. up the Lombardi. You would do it because I'm going to say that's your only time to ever do it. You're going to fucking do it. I think if people say that, they're, they're lying to themselves. Yeah, 100%. If the opportunity is there, you're going to take it. Yeah. What made you become a Lightning fan, by the way? Uh, so my grandfather lived in Tampa. That's not really part of it. Um, but we, we were down there for a year or two. Um. But mostly, like, the biggest thing was when I was younger, I don't remember exact age, we had neighbors move in from Tampa, and then we were in Tampa before that, like, a lot, like, for, like I said, like, two years. And then we started, they they were super into hockey, and our family was super into hockey. And we just started watching every Lightning game, every Lightning game together. And this is when they weren't amazing. And then they started picking it up. They made the uh, the finals, and then they were doing really good in the playoffs for the, like, there was three years. And then the next year, I think they didn't make the playoffs at all. But I just started watching every single Lightning game. And it just, yeah, I turned into a Lightning basically. So yeah. nothing says Florida quite like hockey. And that, <laughs> and, that, and that happens quite a bit for people from Massachusetts. Like, we have a guy, Mikey McColgan. Like, he's an Indianapolis Colts fan. Like, he just grew up with Peyton Manning. And yeah. he's from Dorchester. So he just always yeah. stuck with the Colts. And um, you're going to have those type of people. But I respect those people because you're somebody that goes into the garden wearing your lightning jersey. Oh, yeah. You're, you're yeah. proud to rep something like that. But at the same yeah. time, you're like, hey, I'll support the Bruins. Like, but guess what? It's like no sweat off my back if they win or lose. Like, exactly. I just care more about the lightning. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and it matters more to you. Timmy, uh, any anything else from the Stanley Cup that you want to say? Like, anything that, like, oh, so what we should talk about is um, you put all these videos together. And it's more at that time last year, an urban legend of you and like through your friends, maybe what's the word mass, Um, you know, us would share it at Ride the Wave and and it just starts making its rounds, but it kind of dies down quick and it's more of an urban legend. A year later, which was like a couple of weeks ago, 
yep. it just started picking right back up. And I think because of quarantine life, yeah. all these companies are trying to find some sort of content and dig down the there. And it's like this content was already there, and you guys didn't take it last year. Um, can you talk about some of the different uh, accounts or how viral it went and different things that picked it up, and, and just talk about that too? I think you were mad at one person for not giving you credit. Like, what, what did yeah. you talk, talk to us about that? Um, so, um, the first thing I did was I posted the picture the next day, obviously. I'm not going to not post that picture. That's yep. a necessity. And a lot of people shared it, obviously. All my friends are posting it. It did, it did very well for my personal account, but nothing crazy. And then um, Jack Skelly with, uh, at the time, For the Kids Media, uh, Jack's good friend of mine, um, I talked with my parents and all my friends and we're like, should we do a video? Um, nothing crazy, short video. And we decided, yes, um, I just wanted to. Um, I, felt, I felt the need to, even though it could have some risks. So we made a video. It did, it did pretty well on YouTube, especially yeah. for the channel. The channel, I think, had 1,000 subscribers and got 12,000 views. You know, yeah. that's, that's, you know, it's good. And I Check was, that I was, out for the for the kids media. There's actually there's a nice clip about that too, like the like a 12 minute clip or something, seven to 12 yeah. minutes. And I was I was content with that, you know. Um, I think I don't even remember, but like a, a few accounts made a put might have posted on Instagram, but nothing crazy. Um, and I was just locally, like locally, everyone kind of knew, but other than that, it didn't really go anywhere. Fast forward, I don't know, ten, nine, ten months. Um, we're in quarantine. Oh, so I I also. I've always been against TikTok until like the past two months or four months. I feel that. Yeah. And I made, I made a TikTok about it and it did horrible, like 300 views. So I deleted it and reposted it. 400 views. Deleted and reposted <laughs> again, like maybe a thousand views. So I was like, all right, this isn't going to blow up on here. And then we went into quarantine. Um, and this is early, early on in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try out this TikTok thing one more time. And I think I made one about Tom Brady. Um, Probably. I think that was it. And it got like 5,000 views. I was like, oh, you know, my account's picking up. My account has some action to it. I'm going to throw the Stanley Cup video out there. You know, let's see how it does. And it's at, um, it's at a, not, around a million, like 900,000 views on TikTok. And now I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, but nothing really came from it. Like a few smaller Instagram accounts like reposted it and they tagged me and everything. You know, I commented like, oh, thank you for that. And then, you know, no big deal. And then I think two or three weeks ago, um, House of Highlights picked my video off TikTok. And then they DM me and said they're putting it on their TikTok. They put it on their TikTok. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, and they, they gave me credit, but it wasn't like an actual tag because I don't, I don't know how TikTok works. I don't really care about my TikTok blowing up. So I was like, oh, cool, but they posted it. And pe more people are going to see it, and I like that. And I hopped in the shower. I was like, no big deal. Got out of the shower, and Eddie's like, I can't believe House of Highlights posted you. I was like, yeah, I know. Like, it's cool that it's on their TikTok. He goes, no, 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 they posted you on Instagram. And then I know House of Highlights has 16 million followers on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're required to tag you um, if, if, if it's your content. Um, and they, they tagged me, obviously. And then that's when it, 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 it really, really started blowing up. Also, another reason why they found my TikTok was someone put it on Reddit. A random stranger put it on the NHL Reddit. And it got like 700 upvotes, which is pretty, very good for Reddit. And... Um, uh, they they picked it off there. That's that's what I, the best I can assume because that was the day before, and then um, a bunch of hockey accounts started reposting it. All that, um, a few accounts didn't give me credit, and like I don't really care. It's not a huge deal, but like I, it's my video, it's my content. I literally made the TikTok also, so I mean it's kind of scummy not to give me credit, but like not a big deal. And then um, after House of Highlights posted it, it just 
everyone started seeing it. Everyone started sharing it. If if you are a teenager in Massachusetts that day, you saw some version yeah. of this. I, I had people send it to me. I'm like, dude, I know the kid. Like, I know exactly yeah. like yeah. like what probably happened. Uh, you went up to the Barstool Classic to like the Spit and Chicklets guys. Yeah, you told them about it. I'm assuming because they talked about it before. I know they yeah. even said in quarantine, like this was like, yeah, I met the kid up in like yeah. like minutes, whatever it is. So I um, I met Biz there. I didn't get a chance to talk to Ira, which I'm still mad about, and I still haven't talked to him. But okay. um, yeah, and I talked to Biz, and I, I like showed him a picture. Like I just wanted to tell him because like, he's a hockey guy, and he's a he's an actually like fun hockey guy, and I was like he'd he'd appreciate it. And he was immediately like, oh, like, to his cameraman, like, hey, like record this. I'm gonna talk to this kid for a minute. And I was in one of their YouTube videos, and I was yeah. like, oh, that's really cool. And then I guess they they did um, talk about me on a podcast like a week after that. And I, I didn't hear that. Um, but then after that video got put on House of Highlights, all hockey fans obviously started tagging them and like sending it to them. And like people were calling me Ari's son because Ari snuck into a celebration. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then they they um, they talked about me on their podcast that day, too. And that's pretty cool because, you know, these people that you look up to and these people that are like. In, like I'll say impossible to touch just because they're like you know they're like icons in in the sports world and people listen to them daily and hundreds of thousands of people listen to them and they're, they're talking about you yeah uh, it, that's crazy it, and it's a good feeling too because it's like something you've done in the past yeah and it's starting to come back out there and it, yeah it's like a little 15 minutes of fame again and you capitalize yeah. off of it but it's a good feeling to be like Yo, my hard work still paid off, and it's still yeah. like an adds to my legend of who I am. It didn't go unnoticed. I saw something when you like blew up the second time about it. Uh, you said like something on your snap story, and I remember I slid up on it. Really like, hey, everybody stop like telling me what to do. I see the vision. I know what I'm doing. I yeah. see your vision. Like I know exactly what you're yeah, doing. But yeah. like it's like me and Baz, we were talking about this on a couple episodes ago. The traditional media ways out the door. Like freelancers are kind of thriving right now because yeah. you can do whatever you want. With that, like, information and all that stuff, how in quarantine have you been keeping relevant? I know you said you have a YouTube video kind of explaining this coming yeah. out, what, June 12th? Do you June want to talk 12th. more about that? And then just kind of, like, what you're doing freelance during quarantine. So June 12th, I'm, I'm releasing a YouTube video, like, really diving into it with all the videos, any proof I have. I'm breaking it down, like, it should be a 20, 30-minute video, and I'm really going to break down into small, small detail everything that happened that day uh, to the best extent I can. And that's um, going to be on the one-year anniversary. But with um, with the quarantine stuff and with what I'm doing after that, because my account blew up, obviously, from that mm -hmm. post. Um, and <laughs> during quarantine, I can't really do much to get content. Um, yeah, yeah. I can do kind of small things on my computer, like this and that, whatever. But I can't be going to, like, for example, Red Sox games and doing what I do, and I, which I plan on doing. I can't be... <laughs> I'd like nice, the finals, nice. the playoffs, the playoffs should be right now. I can't do any of that. So what I decided on my Instagram has, I've been just posting stories and personal stuff, like what I like to post, just stupid things. And I haven't posted a picture or video since that, that day that that happened. I just reposted the video that I made. Um, and that's like sitting on 30,000 views on my account or something. But, um, I decided I don't want to post anything until I have a very good post. And I've been, I lost, I lost like 500 followers or something. Maybe a little more, because um, I've just been posting like stupid stories. Activity or whatever. Yeah, but and but that's me. Like I'm posting my stuff, and I don't want 
like I I know people gonna unfollow me once like, and if I, I let it out now, I'm just showing them like, yeah, I post this stuff too, and like, obviously not everybody's gonna like this or think it's funny or think it's entertaining. So, I like the fact that I'm losing those followers now. So when I actually have something big to post, I regain everyone that didn't unfollow me. They're back into it, and then it can start spreading again. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh it's tough times in the streets of uh of this sports life when you're trying to scrape at the bottom of the barrel when you're yeah. beefing with your best friend on instagram <laughs> getting a few <laughs> views and likes off of that or uh you know you're you're just trying to live in your glory days uh i mean for us like here it's like for me personally it's podcasting and i really wanted to focus on this and this was a great time to do it and I can't wait till sports are back so we can get back out there. A lot's lost, Timmy. Like, we both know it for the for the playoffs for both Bruins and Celtics. And even yeah. Tyler should know that because there's so much planned. There's so much that you can do. Like, like Tyler said, the freelancer right now can really get out there. And um, what's cool about the Massachusetts group is, you know, even with myself or GRD or your, or you, Timmy King, or For the Kids Media, or What's the Word Mass, or any of you, even LFG Sports was around, like, yeah. you could capitalize on a lot of stuff individually, and there's a kind of a close group, and even though everyone's kind of doing their own thing, it's all kind of supportive at the end of yeah. the day, because you want to all see each other just blow up, you know what I mean? That's, that's the goal, and it's fun to do that, and tell stories and shit like that. Um, what I liked about your story, too, uh, even though you are you were with GRD, it's just mm-hmm. doing things on your own. Like, just go out there and do it. I think being by yourself or having one extra person with you that you can trust, like you can get into a lot of different situations. And I know GRD, like, wow, Babs is speaking so highly of him. But it's just we got into <laughs> – I mean, when we were down in Atlanta for the Super Bowl and we were at Shaq's Funhouse and we snuck up to the VIP area and we met Pat Mahomes. I showed him the tattoo and like we met Travis Kelsey. Like, it's just like you got to shoot your shot. And what's the, and anybody out there, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You get kicked out. And yeah. if you do get kicked out, take the L and just move on. Do not, do not engage. Just disengage yeah. and just see you later and just pick it up. Because guess what? Yeah, you could be made fun. You might be like, oh, people are going to make fun of me this and that. We lost Tyler Miller's special, dude. Loses the mic, makes fun of me every Tyler episode. Tyler Miller's special um, But yeah, you can take the L and then just bounce back. You know you're going to end up getting that. I want to move on from the um, Bruins, and I want to talk more about the Boston Celtics. I want to talk about concerts. I mean, this isn't just... So people that have just listened to you for the last half an hour have been like, oh, this is just a one and done. Timmy yeah. King's been doing this for a long, long time. Lamp, lamp. Like, like, this has been... That was just one of the the top moments that are out there the top three top three moment um can you talk to us and you don't have to reveal all your secrets about celtics and concerts i'd rather have you talk about what are some of your we'll we'll break them down in two parts we'll start with celtics first what are some of your biggest moments with the celtics in terms of people you met and um situations you've got into i remember one of the funny situations and i'll tell the story is Mm -hmm. that you all went to the game and it was the Celtics versus the Pistons this past year. And we're just um, – and there's a lot of rumors going around about Andre Drummond coming over to the Boston Celtics. So Timmy King just is like – he's with us after the game. Post-game, you have post-game passes. You can wait. Some players come, some don't. And Timmy's like, you know what? I'm going to go down to the tunnel. You just walk down there. Classic Timmy King gets his phone out, just walks down there. Security ignores you completely. You're waiting in the tunnel. Everyone in the stands, there's like 25 of us are just looking at you, giggling. 
and uh, he's just there. And then you see him getting up closer, Andre. And Andre's like hanging out around the basket, and he's got family and friends. And Timmy's just on the outside looking around, like on his phone. I remember <laughs> you said something, and the entire group down there just looked at you like, "Who the fuck are you?" And yeah. I think, and it's like, like you wanted to get a picture. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, we all had to get we all got kicked out because they're like you guys have to leave like it's 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 over and you're still down there yeah. and you're still down there and eventually you did get a picture I believe with yeah, on yeah, jumping yeah. so uh, too, which was cool talk, talk about that situation but then talk about other situations in the Celtics that you've had okay so yeah so with, with post game um uh we get I get those passes from someone who works with the um, Celtics that we know like my dad knows him and basically you you can wait around after the game and some players come out some don't. And if you get lucky, you get a picture of the player. And the worst that happens is you hang around a little bit in the garden and watch them take apart the court. Um, so I really wanted a picture with Andrew Drummond. Um, you know, good, great player. So I was like, you know, my goal today is to get a picture with Andrew Drummond. And he actually came out post game, but he didn't come to the stands, which is where he needs to go um, if I were to get a picture. And he went on the court and brought his family over there. And that's when everyone kind of realized, oh, like, we're not going to get a picture with him. And for some reason, I just go like, you know what? I'm going to try to go um, up the, up into the stands, back down to Legends, um, and then through the player's tunnel and just walk onto the court, stand around him, and figure it out from there. So what I did was I did, as you said, my classic move, the, the fake phone call, walk through the tunnel, no questions, walk past every, like, everyone that's supposed to like, be looking at, uh, looking, and, you know, no questions. I'm just on the phone, you know. And they, 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 they know me, so I don't – sometimes I don't think they, they – sometimes I think they just think I belong there. Um, so I walked onto the court, um, and he's with his whole it, – they're all family members, um, which I didn't notice at the time. And I'm, I'm, at this point, I think I – or my brother might have called me, and he was with you guys. And he's, like, telling me a bunch of stuff, like, do this, do this. And I, I'm, I'm trying to pretend like I'm not on the phone with him, and I can't be oblivious because I'm right next to these people. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, and I hung up, put my phone away, or I probably had it in my hand. And I remember, <laughs> I think I just go, like, he stopped talking for a second. I go, hey, can I get a quick picture? And he goes, like, man, who the fuck are you? Like, why are you here? And I go, oh, uh, I, just, I just got this pass, and they let me on the court. And he goes, all right, all right, yeah, I got, I got you with one later. And then they started getting into, I think he got, he got picked up by another team, like, two weeks later. But they, they started getting into that. And he looked at me and said, hey, back away a little bit, back away a little bit. I was like, oh, like that—that's that, how it's gonna be. Like, I get that. And so, like, he gets done with his family. Uh, staff starts kicking people out. They start leaving. I got a quick picture with him, and uh, I was about to leave. And I said, hey, um, you know, we'd love to have you in Boston. And or you'd look—I might have said you'd look good in green. And he said something along the lines of, yeah, a lot of people would. I thought that was pretty cool because I just got like inside information, and I'm just a normal kid just trying to have fun, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he was- actually he said that in a recent interview with like mixtape that they just had talked to him and he said he always has the most family go to the Celtics games because of the Yukon connection and all that. Oh. So I'm like the fact that you got a picture with him and you're probably the most amount of family that ever goes to this game. Yeah. Here you are just like pulling out a shirt like, hey, hey, yeah. can I get a picture? Yeah. <laughs> That's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> what are some other moments at Celtics games that you've run into? I mean, we've seen a picture of you with uh, Paul Pierce. Uh, another yeah. thing with Celtics games that's big with you. 
um, is, I mean, you met Robert Kraft at Celtics game. I think you met Roddy Rich at a Celtics game. I mean, the Celtics games always bring out the celebrities, and it's a lot easier than it is a Bruins game probably to, because usually Bruins games are probably up in the box, whereas in terms of a Celtics game, they're courtside, and they go right into that tunnel area. So what are some of those moments that you've been down there and met some people, Um, good and bad? Yeah, so um, definitely one of my favorite ones is um, Kevin Durant. Uh, I I don't think you guys know this about me, but Kevin Durant's one of my favorite players in the NBA. He probably is, other than um, Terry Rozier. <laughs> and no, then, uh, t- great top two. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> the Terry <laughs> Rozier-Kevin Durant combo, that's unreal. Very weird. But um, also, obviously, like I love all the Celtics players. Um, you know, I've I met Jason Tatum countless times. I, I have a picture with almost, I'd say almost all the Celtics players. But... Uh, Kevin Durant, I, I had a media pass that day, um, you know, obviously whipped one up. And, uh, yeah, okay, it was Kevin Durant when he was on the Warriors. So it was like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. And I got close with, I got close to all of them. You know, I got a picture with, um, uh, uh, I forget who I even got a picture with. But um, I, I got a picture with Kevin Durant, and he's in his full full jersey, full uniform. And it's just a selfie with me and Kevin Durant. And um, it's it's just a funny picture, but... It's one of my favorite pictures because Kevin Durant's just such a such an iconic player to me, and that was really cool. But um, some other moments, I'll say I'll do non-player related, like Robert Kraft. I've bumped into him like four times there, just hanging out uh, in the area where um the courtside people go. I just hang out there during halftime, or after the game, and you know I've met Robert Kraft four times. I think I've gotten a picture of him three times. Um, Does he recognize you now? No, I I don't think so. Obviously, um. I mean, Donnie Wahlberg, he's an easy one at, uh, at Celtics games. Uh, countless players. And then um, Roddy Rich, which the Roddy Rich one was a pretty crazy one to get. Because um, at the time, his song, The Box, was like number one. Everyone knew the song. Like, it's been number one for the past month. He had a concert after the game or halfway through the game. He's, he was going to leave and go to his concert at um, the venue right next to the garden. So all eyes are on him in the outside world because of his music. And in the garden... Because he's got a concert right next door. He's sitting courtside. He's got all his chains on. He's got sunglasses on. They put him on the Jumbotron. I'm like, oh, Roddy Rich is at the game. That's that's really cool. So he was courtside. And I start thinking, like, I uh, take out my phone. I have my ticket. I, uh, went, I went on Instagram and changed up the colors and, like, threw, different, uh, threw a different type of ticket on it. So it said I was sitting next to him. Um, and <laughs> so I made my way down there. And I think, like, maybe two minutes into the third quarter, I'm just, I'm standing there. There's a picture of me that I found on the Celtics off fan cam. And I'm sitting in the corner, probably, like, 10 feet behind him, pretending to be on the phone. And when his people, like, his security guards and friends got up, he got up with them. And it was kind of like an entourage of 10 people. And obviously, the garden security was, like, all around them, too, making sure no one was, like, trying to get in with them or, like, bother them like I was trying to do, essentially. Now... I look like an older guy. I'm a big dude. I got a beard. I wouldn't say I look like a security guard, but I can kind of blend in with them. And that wasn't even my thought. I wasn't trying to do that. But when I kind of shifted to the right, and I also had like a concert shirt on. And one of his uh, security guards, actually same exact shirt I have on right now, he had like a kind of shirt similar to mine. And I kind of hopped in with them. And then I was just in the, in the group. And no one, like, and it was an accident. I was, I was trying to get a picture of them, like, when you could see all the fans. But I, I'm, I'm walking through, like, the cement tunnels in the garden. And it's literally garden security guards, 
Roddy Rich and his friends. And that's 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 it. And then um, I was like, OK, I'm, I'm screwed if we keep going. I'm going to get caught. And when they leave, I can't leave, obviously. So I was like, all right, let me just ask him. I was like, hey, Roddy, can I get a can I get a quick picture? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can take one while we're walking. I took a picture of them. I go, hey, hey like, obviously, like, have a good concert. Welcome to Boston. And that's a new venue. Enjoy it. And that, that was the you probably could have kept walking to the concert and just yeah, go on yeah, stage yeah. with him at that point. It sounds like <laughs> I you're probably, just part I of definitely it. Probably they adopted you. They yeah. adopted you into their entourage. Yeah. Like, uh, I was really happy with that. Real quick, we're going to do the Mass Vintage giveaway, two $50 gift cards. Uh, number one winner right now is going to be Jake.McMahon underscore Jake McMahon. You've won $50 to Mass Vintage. The other $50 is the Greg Inc. The Greg Inc. Both on IG. You both follow us. We appreciate it. We know you're both listeners out there. Subscribe to Boston's Big Three. Make sure you check out these giveaways. What you guys got to do, Jake and Greg, just send me a DM. Say that you won. Claim your prize. That's what we're going to do. Timmy, moving on from Celtics to concerts. You've done a lot of different concerts uh, over your time as well, too. Um, you know, getting into those concerts and getting other people into those concerts, having VIP wristbands, getting you down in those pit areas and whatnot. Uh, what are some of the top concerts you've been to? So with concerts, I've always loved music. I've always loved concerts. And then when I started getting into the whole Photoshop thing and, you know, messing around with passes and sneaking around a little bit, that's when I really took advantage of that with concerts because concerts are just so much easier to, you know, get what you want out of a concert. Um, so, you know, I did a few um, backstage and actually, I, I actually know I, I got legit backstage for them. And I would just send an email, like a professional looking email saying, hey, local filmer, local this, local that. And I'd bring a camera. I don't know how to use a camera. Like I don't use cameras, but I'd bring one um, if they obviously email back and they're like, yeah, yeah, I come. I got that for um Lil Mosey, Lil TJ, and a couple others, but those are the bigger names. Like those are they're pretty pretty big names in the music industry, um, for at, the, at least the the rap music industry. And then um, some like crazy concerts that I've done with big numbers and kind of finessing everything. You can so most venues to uh, they give floor ticket people paper wristbands and it'll be a certain color. And so what I did after noticing this after three or four concerts that I've got a wristband and with the help of a few of my friends, obviously um, we bought like, I don't know, 300 of each color on Amazon. And well, what I do is I'd wear pants with a bunch of pockets and just throw them in a pocket because they're paper. So they won't get, or I just put them in my, in my socks. And what I do is we'd go in, we'd figure out the color. All you got to do is get close to the floor and look, go to the bathroom, throw them all on. And then we're good. And then if I had extras, I'd sell them in the bathroom. And I did this for countless. I, I got ten people with the cheapest tickets. We we just buy the cheapest tickets at that point, and then have the best um, tickets with just the piece of paper. And um, I did that for uh, I did ten people at Juice World. That was actually a year ago today. At uh, I'm I'm not gonna say the venues, but I did that at Juice World. I did that three times with the um, Travis Scott tour, um, and a ton more. It's it's just countless, but. Um, the key, the key word that you're saying, finesse. Like you're just finessing. Yeah. It's just that's what it is. And you're, it's, I mean, you're just taking advantage of a system. It, it, it's a way that anybody would do the same thing. If you can see that and you're trying it, and you failed in the past, and it's, it's, uh, you have, but you've also succeeded plenty of times too. Yeah. And you're having fun with it. It's another adrenaline rush and thrill. Like 
you're not supposed to be there and it's just and you end up getting to experience something that the person next to you in that pit probably paid thousands yeah. of dollars just to be there exactly. you were there for uh literally a fraction of that cost it, to be down it, there it makes shows a lot better too um yeah I, but it kind of it also can ruin for me because like in the future like when i'm in, when i'm when i'm a, well, what, a dad am i, I supposed to feel like yeah like, i can't i can't enjoy just buying that stuff like but, you know, <laughs> the whole point I'm, of going to a concert is to sneak in now yeah <laughs> How do you um, know the concert? but also you said like you know it failed a few times succeeded a bunch while fa failing is a good thing sometimes because you yeah, learn mistakes and can completely adjust for um uh, like i have two very good examples for this really quick boston calling last year huge music festival uh, at harvard um three-day festival three-day passes are like 600 one-day passes are like 300 whatever day you want to go i can't pay that man come on <laughs> so what we did was the only day me and my friends all wanted to go was day three because that's when travis scott was performing and he's my favorite artist so what we did was me and two others um my friend kish who i met on the travis scott tour he's from new jersey me kish and my friend brandon all went day two just to scope it out figure it out none of us have bought a wristband so we scoped it out we tried getting in we couldn't do it um but we figured something out which was the passes are unlimited entry you can scan your pass go in leave and you can come back whenever so what we did was and i had i did like i think 14 people so i bought a wristband i charged 20 bucks per person if they wanted to get in so i bought a wristband and these wristbands come really loose but when you tighten them you cannot untighten them so they're supposed to fit in your wrist and you can't take it off so what i did was i bought a wristband and i had a friend that, that had one too that was already going and i just needed his help for like a couple seconds and what i did was i put my wristband on tucked it into like a normal rubber wristband scanned in my friend scanned in behind me with his like wristband that he bought with his money and like he bought that months in advance and what I did was I gave him, I took off the wristband, gave him it, and we cycled people in. He went out, gave it to another. We just cycled 13 or 14 people in. And um, that was Boston Calling. And then Rolling Loud this October was a similar situation for me because, um, like, we decided two days before the festival happened that I, we were going to go, or that I was going to go. And I went with my two friends. They had tickets. You know, I helped pay for the hotel, obviously, because I needed a place to stay. And I couldn't, I, I like, I couldn't afford, um, or a ticket. And my friend was like, um, he, my friend was sneaking in. So I ended up, um, GRD actually helped me out. He, he sent me some money cause I was getting money the next week. And, um, I, I bought, I bought a wristband. And so what happened was my friend needed to sneak in and he, there was no way he was getting one. So I got in and I called my friend and I said, Hey, I know a way in. If you can start a group chat, I can message you guys from there. Whoever needs to get in, you guys give me some money. Like I will get. I promise you go get in. And what happened was Rolling Loud in New York was very unorganized because it, it was in New York and it's a hard place and there's that city field. And what happened was there's rows and rows of security and rows and rows of security to get patted down and everything and then rows and rows to just scan your thing. But once you're in, there's crowds everywhere. So I said, all of you, which I think it was eight of them maybe, go to the very corner. There's a fence and then there's an empty spot where people should be scanning that's closed, like with a bar in front of it. And then there's the people scanning tickets. I said, the one with the bar, you can just step over or go under and then just bolt into the you know, crowd. And then no one's right, chasing. Yeah. 
no one's no one's coming for you at a festival. Too many people. They don't care about one person, two person, whatever. And so I was waiting right there. Like I could obviously wait there. And what we what I did was the people I went with, I had them go ask the security person next to that booth, like three feet away, a question. And right when that person turned to answer them, wave, wave in. And no no questions asked. Everyone got in, no problem. And we did this both days. What was your closest call of all time? What about, can I tell you, when I got, I got caught one time. Is it the t-shirts that you were selling? No, oh, this I was on time. 2016. The, I don't know, not many people know the story, actually. So, 2016, I never was sneaking into things, never did that. It's 2016. I go to, my brother's working in Pittsburgh for the summer with my uncle, and me and my friend buy a bus ticket and go to Pittsburgh for the weekend, just because we're stupid and we're bored. And pirates weren't in town. And my brother lived five-minute walk, or he was living at five-minute walk from PNC Park. And so he's like, okay, let's go get food. This is the first three hours there. And <laughs> we're walking past PNC Park. I'm like, oh, like that, I want to check it out. So we go, we get real close, because PNC is a weird setup, and you can see the field from the outside um, before you get in. And there's no game going on, no nothing. Nothing crazy. But I saw it way in. It was such a small fence. I think it was movable, too. So I moved that one up the stairs and Eddie and my friend Alec were like, hey, like, I was like, come on, let's go. And so we, we go in and th- we're in the outfield section now. And we're, this is stupid. Um, obviously, weren't thinking anything because these places have security, like even when they're not playing, especially a place like that with an opening uh, where you can see the field. So walk down the outfield and we self-convince ourselves that it's fine if we just hop on the field and run. So we... <laughs> We hopped on the field, no issue, nothing bad was happening, and decided to run, just run the diamond, and then we're going to get out of there, like, so, <laughs> so, and this is, a, it's just the weirdest story to tell, because it was the first time, like, I never did anything before that, like, anything yeah. crazy like that, and he's sneaking in things, and we're running, and, like, it, they have, like, a loudspeaker there, like, all, all stadiums have, and they're like, stop what you're doing, cops are on the way, we're coming down to get you, like, Stop what you're doing, basically. And so Eddie and my friend run one way, and I run another. And basically, I run up the stairs into where, like, behind home plate. I hop over that and just run up the stairs because I'm like, I got to get up to that base level to get out. And they go they go straight through the outfield to get up where we originally were, where they kind of know where to get out. And I ran up the stairs. Right when I got to the very top of the stairs, I ran right into a security guard. Like, <laughs> they were waiting for me. Like a net. And it was like, I'm, I'm 16. Like, I'm not going to, like, shove him away and run. I'm just going to bite the bullet. And so I get caught. I get brought into a security room. And I actually have a picture of the security room, even though they told me, like, I was not, wasn't allowed to take pictures or anything. And they took a copy of my ID. Um, they called my parents. My, now my dad knows me. Like, he, you know, he. He pretends to be mad on the phone um, with the cop. Like he's talking to the cops and everything. And they're, they're explaining that, you know, I got to be, I got to have someone 18 or older to pick me up. And I don't know my uncle's phone number. The uncle, my uncle's the only 18 plus person I know there. And I don't even know him well enough that he would pick me up. Um, like nothing against him. I don't, I don't even have his phone number. And they're like, where are you staying? I don't know the address either. Like my brother just picked me up from where we were at and brought us there. So I know nothing. <laughs> just in Pittsburgh. So my brother is wearing a Celtics jersey, and then my friend was wearing generic stuff. And he's like, "You know these people that were with you." And then I just, 
I, I just deny everything always I'll like always do that as I, I have no idea who they are and they're like come on and I have no idea who they are and they're like all right well you need someone 18 or older to pick you up it doesn't have to be a family member but you need someone 18 year old to pick you up or we got to do something about it so I take out my phone and this was slick this is probably the slickest thing I've ever done I text Eddie my brother I say uber and then I call Eddie and I said hey um I got caught up at PNC um they're saying I need someone 18 years or older to pick me up uh can you come help me out <laughs> at the time he's like like what like what do you want me to do what you, I can't obviously I'm in front of the cops so I can't say anything so it's like okay like thank you like I'll see you then hang up text again text him again uber so he figured out what I meant got an uber paid the guy 20 bucks guy came to the door where the cops were at guy's like yeah I'm here to pick him up um it, they let me out, no questions asked. Wait, so did your brother get caught? No. I was no, gonna just, say, how did I was gonna say, how did the security guard not believe you guys when you said you weren't related when he's quite literally what he's your twin brother, right? Yeah, but he was already and, on the streets. He already got on yeah, the streets. Yeah, yeah. All right. I thought he you guys yeah. both got caught. He's like, Do you guys know each other? He's like, yeah, no, we're just twins yeah. and have the same last name. My bad. And, um he sent the Uber driver and gave him a twenty and um I got out of it. Yeah, how was but the that Uber was, driver like? Was he just like, What's up, man? Like I didn't say a word to him. Didn't didn't, <laughs> didn't say a word to him. It was um, like it, it was like uh, me, GRD, and T Guns went to the NBA Finals out in Cleveland a couple of years ago, Warriors and Cavs, and uh, it was uh, Game Four, and we drove out there just to be like, "Fuck it!" Like, there's nothing else to do. We did something similar. Uh, it was like hours before tip off, and we're just looking around, and we do kind of the same thing. Like, you try to snag on doors and see what opens, what doesn't yeah, open, yeah. and a door opened, like like to get right into the stadium. So we were like, we looked at each other and we didn't have the tickets yet to get in. So like, dude, like we could sneak in and we're like kind of talking, like, let's just go in there and hide out. We walk in and there was two security officers that just happened to be on the concourse walking towards us. And mm -hmm. we looked at them, they looked at us and we just like walked that way. They're like, all right, we're, we're, we already got caught. Um, but even at Heinz Field, when I went out there with T-Guns um, uh, two seasons ago, there are pro shops open which you mm -hmm. go into the stadium and then everything's wide open and there's no security around. And we just walked in, we walked around the stadium and shit and just take pictures and stuff. It's just kind of fun being inside a stadium when it's completely empty and you just, you're not supposed to be there. It's the adrenaline rush. Yeah. Um, Timmy, do you think that now that the cat's sort of out of the bag, um, going viral, um, your name's more out there and more notorious, people kind of know who you are. Do you think that these arenas are going to give you a harder time? Or, um, like, what do you think is going to come from that, from that? Do you think there's going to be any reper repercussions? Um, I don't really think there should be um, too many repercussions because, like, I, obviously, utmost respect to the Garden. They have great staff, great security, great place, love the place. Yeah, great know? security. Thank you for letting me come all these times and then go sneak like, out and go on like, the ice. Like, they, but they do have, they do have great, like, great people and they're, like, great place and all that. And, um... You know, I snuck into I snuck into a game last year. I I don't see the, I, no harm, no foul. Like, it wasn't like I I like blatantly like was disrespecting them in any way. I did. I just had a fun time. And this was a year ago. This they, like twelve thousand people saw it. Like the garden must have known it a little bit. Um. And you know, I think I think everything should be fine, especially after this uh this whole quarantine thing. Do you think they're letting you do it? That's what I was wondering. Like they have to have seen your face there. Like. Do you think they just kind of let it slide at this point, or maybe bigger games um, to have a little tighter? 
I have I my own opinion. I have my own opinion on that, and we we could talk after about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I don't I don't think that it's Tyler that I think that they just seen him so many times. They just figure like he must be a somebody. Like he must yeah, be a season maybe like ticket a season holder. ticket holder. Yeah, 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 like maybe he's just like he owns those seats. I was just especially wondering. Yeah, maybe like they don't know about the whole like, sneaking part. Just no, I, like, I think that they. It's just, just like oh, maybe this guy had a ticket and he just snuck on the ice. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I, whatever. If it works, it works, dude. Like, keep it uh, up. Yeah. Timmy, you you're a big Travis Scott guy. Can you mm-hmm. tell us why you love Travis Scott so much? And 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 you went to three of his concerts. You said, um, here in Boston. Uh, just talk to us your infatuation of Travis Scott. What he means to you? Well, yeah. So uh, last year's tour, it was um, it wasn't three in, but it was two in Boston, two one in Connecticut, one in uh, two in New York. I think I might be one over. But yeah, like obviously, yeah. Uh, huge Travis Scott fan, and um, I you know, I just love his music. I love his like attitude towards everything. I, he, he's got a pretty cool story, like how he because he he was just a normal kid, like obviously out of, out of like normal household, all that, and like his mom was sending him money for books at college, but he dropped out of college already, and she didn't know that, and he was putting it towards studio time and everything, and he got picked up by I think Ti, and um you know, ended up blowing up and being himself. And I just like, like that. He's just so different than everyone else. Kind of, he just preaches himself. And he also preaches like, let the kids be kids. Like, obviously like I'm 19. I'm not like a little kid. I'm not talking that way, but let the young people who listen to my music, just be themselves and do what they want to do. And that's like how I feel like, or how I think. And like listening to his music, a lot of his songs are remind you of, you're like, you know, just do you. And like, you know, he speaks for your generation. Yeah. He he came to Penn State, and then the very next day was the day that, like, the whole Kylie Jenner cheating thing blew up, and he had to cancel his, like, Buffalo show. He was at Penn State the night before, and the entire campus is, like, talking about, like, oh, my God, like, who cheated from Penn State on, like, Travis Scott with Kylie Jenner? I'm like, if you think it's this person, then you're yeah. wrong. Like, so, but it was crazy because he canceled literally the day after, like, that show. One, one big thing also from me going to these shows is I've met a ton of kids. Um... And like friends now from different states and i've met um two kids uh kish and billy and they just followed him his whole tour and i met them and they stayed with me in new york and like i linked up with them in boston and like i just met so many people through this and that we we, we all stay in contact we're in group chats and everything that's, that's just really cool for me that's actually wild just to think in my mind that someone would it's kind of like groupy not yeah. really but yeah. to follow somebody on their tour and say you did the ent- entire united states tour with yeah. that concert like like all summer long and that's actually it's i mean it, it's similar in sports like if you follow a team around like the patriots you go to every game it's like the same thing but doing concerts is like a whole different beast because that, that's that those are long <laughs> days yeah those are long days sometimes back-to-back days uh and the traveling is like small time in between so that's actually awesome well, did you ever consider doing something like that like going on like a like Not a tour a full- not a full tour i wouldn't be able to do that i need to sleep in my own bed <laughs> <laughs> but um my my friend kish um specifically he um he actually came over from india to go to college here at rutgers i believe and he like got obsessed with travis scott started going show to show like finding a way like taking buses having people help him out sneaking in like he'd always buy the cheapest ticket and sneak onto the floor like he he he's very very good at finessing like we have the same and we talk about this all the time because he's like he's very smart with it and like we like bounce ideas off each other and he he did it at the point where he was going to every show every festival 
you know, couch surfing, surfing with whatever, whoever would have him. He started building a following on Instagram. And he, he went, I think, he went to every festival last year that Travis was at, almost every stadium show, and then he even went to overseas to the Europe show. And that's oh, crazy. Yeah. Just, you love seeing yeah. that. that. That's just a ton of money. I don't think I could do it financially. No, but he, he financially figured it out. He didn't yeah. have a chance. He's a broke college kid. He finessed. And, um, yeah. And he's just, you know, whoever can help him with a ride, whoever can help him with a place to yeah, stay, yeah. you know, people would help him out. He'd finesse in any way, shape, or form. He'd buy merch and actually, what he a lot of things he uh, he did this a lot, and this is how he made money. Merch show to show is different with Travis. His marketing team's genius, um, and different states have specific like merch. the prices yeah. and stuff of the yeah. comment, whatever. Like, yeah, like New York merch blows up. LA yep, merch blows yep. up. So what he'd do is spend all his money on merch, like trash bags full. And with the Travis shows, they let you buy merch before the show in most cities. Um, because they know people don't want to like buy a bunch of merch and then go into a mosh pit. And so he'd like buy, like I've seen pictures of trash bags of merch, bring them out to wherever he could put them, like his car or someone's car, go to the show. And then right after the show, put them online and sell them. And you could, you could, you could double, triple awesome. your, yeah. That's a hustle yeah. right there. That's yeah, awesome. Just flipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got one more question for you, Timmy. You're about to be what, a junior or a sophomore in college? Sophomore. All right. What are your plans after college? Like, do you have any, any real idea yet but like you're doing all this freelance stuff i i know that all us three we've all been doing freelance stuff there's opportunities yeah. that sometimes arise that nobody can plan but i'm not sure if you're trying to stick with that trying to go to a legit established company or you still have just no idea yet and just on for the ride right now i'm basically going for the ride um i love the freelance stuff and i love kind of just living i want to say day by day on just rolling with the punches and just figuring things out from there um i would like myself to like be kind of like a, a person someone sees and like oh he's that kid and like i want to entertain people but with content i like making um i don't know what that would entail like i said i'm gonna, I'm gonna start a youtube channel first video is gonna be june 12th but and i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna start doing work with that and hopefully make some fun videos that people can either like enjoy watching if they're interested or laugh or whatever but i also like obviously like companies like barstool because they're such a different type of company it's not like a generic company like they're they're just different and I, i've always liked being i don't want to be a normal nine to five desk job guy yeah. i never want to be that so well i think with something that me and you both share that parcel th- affiliation we can't go too much into it but the vice yeah. program that is your golden ticket that is the one thing so if you want to do that just grind as much as you got yeah uh, you're setting yourself up for just things unbelievable down the line yeah. I, I, I think just being at 19 years old exactly. and just knowing what you've accomplished. And I think that everything you've done, I don't consider sneaking in as just like, oh, he's just doing it for fun. I figure yeah. that's accomplishments. I mean, yeah. that's goals. Yeah. Long and, I think, and, I, and I think that you've done so much and built a resume of like, here's all the people I've met. Here's all the celebrities I've met. Here's all the things I've gotten into. Here's, here's yeah. And like Courtney Fallon said a couple episodes ago, and it, it's actually for you two guys, especially with you both being in college. Your college time, your four years, is where you're building your little black book of your networking. And you keep building your connections while you're in college. I know 
what's crazy for someone like me and GRD who are older, who are 28, 29, 30, we're in that older, older range, 10 years above you guys. 10 years ago when we were in college, Twitter just was starting at that time. These social media like Instagram didn't exist. It existed not until 2012, 2013. You just didn't have what you could have today in the access. So you guys are, both of you, are 100% capitalizing on every opportunity that you get. While guys like us that are 10 years or or, or older, trying to play catch up, I'm like, wow, at 19 years old, Timmy King has already done all of this. And I'm like, I cannot wait till whatever he does in the future. Like, I even met you guys and Corey through social media. And yeah, obviously, we built something. It was just a random social uh, media connection. Because me, me and GRD laugh at the stuff that you do, Timmy, or we'll yeah. talk about it and some of the stuff that people do and we'll be like, we did that shit 10 years ago. And like, no, no one, proof. and we have no, and, and, and <laughs> no literally proof. no yeah. proof. Some of the stories that we have, like, it's just, we have no proof, no photo. Like, G, GRD might have a photo or two, like, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of we never you never record any of that stuff. You never had the Snapchat. You never had the Instagram stories. You just went out there and did them. And uh, some there's some few and far between that you might have a picture and stuff. So and I I, I encourage it because I I look at someone like Timmy and I'm like that's me ten years ago. Like like that's us ten. Years. I think you were. I mean you. You do it to another level, though. Don't get me wrong. It's not like, well, like we're better. Than, like you're doing it to a whole other level. But it's just like that's the shit that we used to do, and I love it. Like I love it, and I support it 100. percent Timmy, gotta let you go. Any final thoughts that you want to talk about? Anything that you want to preach? Plug. Really quickly, say this really, really quick, and then I'll, I'll plug just a few people that help me out. But um, you just said with the um, you you don't see it as me just like screwing around and like sneaking into places, and um, I I, I like appreciate that. Because I just wanted to really quickly say this. Um, the the people I've met and the, the work I put into this, this is more than just me, oh, I'm going to sneak into this game or sneak into this or do this or do that. I plan this out and this is like I focus on this. And the people I've met, the connections i made, like I wouldn't have met you guys if I didn't do it. You know what I mean? So I think that's a huge part of this and that's like kind of what kind of keeps my mind like straight. That's This is why I love all of this like stuff like i started going to college in engineering i don't know anything about engineering i was born to just say stupid stuff into a microphone or just pretend i'm more important than i really am and like the along the ride it's like you meet all these people you have all these crazy stories like like you're saying you have all these stories babs you have all your own separate stories i have my own stupid stories we yeah. do tell them all it'd be like a 10-hour show but it, <laughs> it'd be entertainment the whole time like yeah, yeah I mean, and you don't get that in like just running like a college radio show for your school or something like that. Like, if the people who actually apply themselves instead of going through the traditional way, I think those like are the most creative people. Because I was talking in the Ride the Wave group the other day, like I was saying, it is more impressive right now, I think, what you do in quarantine versus what you do when everything's out because yeah, nobody's doing anything right now. If you can show, hey, everyone was locked down, everybody was in their house, I did this, 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 they're just like, I have no like. Uh, choice but to really like respect the grind respect the hustle yeah I, and i just think that we all have our separate visions and goals like uh, you know my brain is working a thousand miles an hour and i try to explain it and people are like what the hell are you talking about but i'm like yeah. all right just trust me like i just see the vision i see what's going to do and this is going to happen and there are times when i see something and it doesn't work out and yeah. then we talk about failing and stuff but there's other times i see something and then you know it works out and you feel happy and you accomplish yeah. something like you know uh like an example, the taco costumes in our in, in my world, like just, you know, talking about it and then speaking into existence. And I'm like, I think this is going to blow up. I think this is and it did. And it works out. And then we have that now forever saved that we can use as a resume builder. And that's yeah. the same thing with you of like Stanley Cup. Like, I know this is going to work and this is going to work out. And 
you go through the motions, that's forever going to be etched there in your resume. And yeah. you know what? It's not going to be in what well, us three and any and some people out there listening is that it's not your just one glory moment. Like you're going to keep building off of that. Now you might not have another Stanley cup moment like that for a, a while. You never know. But at the same time is that's not like the one moment you're always going to live off of. Like you're always just going to reinvent and be able to go out there and continue doing it. It's just adding to your story. Like, like in 20 years from now, you're going to have all these stories to tell yeah. your kids and going to yeah. be like, at this point, dude, there's, there's no like addiction better than clout or like as soon as you get a little <laughs> bit of clout, that's the hook. And then you want to do bigger and better. And I think that's the creativity show you're having. You're having fun with that. Exactly. Clout. It's not yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. sports it's, clout for us. Yeah. Like it's just you're, you're having fun with it's it. It's just like, more. Hey, like, this is another this crazy thing. Story. Like, I mean, do you think exactly, that this exactly. is <laughs> I explain in this thing to, to yeah. people out there? Can't wait to hear like. Uh, your twins are like 18 you're like dad who's man on your like your arms like easy seven foot seven taco ball and, and, and it's just something like people like i would never do something like that this and that to me i'm like dude i want to have tattoos i want to have yeah, sleep like, like, eventually. i don't really care like what it looks like i really don't like i'm just having fun like and it's a conversation starter so i don't yeah. know but uh J- june 12th timmy king is dropping his you know, it, we went in, in depth today, but video, visual, gives you the visual of everything he went went through June 12th. Make sure you check that out. Timothy King Jr. on Instagram. You want to plug TikTok? I don't know your TikTok, nah, Snapchat, nah. none of that. All right. Well, That's Instagram. Friend, bro. <laughs> I just want to just give a shout out to, I just want to shout out like a few people like um that have kind of like a lot of people have gone into this to help you. Like obviously you guys and GRD and all them, but like all my friends, like they know who I'm talking about, especially um. Uh, David and Liam, they really like kind of got me into the garden thing, and um, obviously my brother, um, you know Richie, Ethan, all those kids, you know Mike, Kyle, uh, Dean, they they go to a lot of the games with me, like Nick. Um, I just keep on thinking people, but all of you, they know who they are. And um, also, this is a weird shout out. This is my last one. Few of my high school teachers, I can't like say their names, but they like they knew about this, and I tell them everything. And they supported the hell out of it. And um, awesome. I, I thought that was always pretty cool because, like, you know, they you're ambitious. Of- you're ambitious and you have a goal and you set your mind to it. And I think that that's the right thing for a teacher to do is like, hey, even though it, it might be illegal if they think that or yeah. whatever. Hey, go do it. If you think it's going to come. There's no harm in anything you're doing. Like, you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. No one's like losing. Worst any, case scenario, you're just walking onto a certain part of a building you can't walk on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. At the end of the day, that's the only problem. And it's not illegal to do what you're doing. It's not like yeah. you're, you know, completely trespassing oh, and yeah. like yeah. high security. Just so. a slap on the wrist type of thing. But yeah. I, I got to go in the Timothy King suite once before so i tell you that timothy timmy king is the ceo of the garden he has his own suite <laughs> and yeah and everybody that you mentioned has been in that is in that oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's oh, a yeah. suite so yeah. um yeah we appreciate timmy coming on here that's been episode 59 boston's big three presented by ride the wave media june 12th check it out the ceo of the garden releasing all the information stanley cup game seven from last year timmy we appreciate it thank you yeah. Thank you.